Hello and welcome to episode 5. I was going to um, say our first look at a Hammer adventure story, but this is more still a horror. Um, yeah, think? I mean, my, my, my definition of an adventure story is, is a story in which adventure happens, um, which I'm not entirely sure any adventure happens in this. Um, but yeah, it's quite quite horrific. I mean, they basically, they're, they're treating the real life thuggy sex as horror in it they're, they're, it's a horror sect um i don't know how much it's got the, I, I don't know how much of this story is based on actual fact apparently um, it is based on actual fact well based i know there was that's what um, hammer says anyway well hammer say a lot of things i know there was uh there was obviously a group of of assassins called thuggies i know they used uh uh, I think they were called Rimmels, the scarf. Yeah. But they would they would tie a, a stone in the middle of it, so it crushed your windpipe when they flicked it round your 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 neck. Um, and I know there was a a rebellion, well, multiple rebellions, you know, justified rebellions in India. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether they were were sort of started by the mixed group of nationalities we have here pretending to be indians well you had never seen this no no i've no memory of this at all i mean not to say i might have seen it as a kid and just absolutely blanked it out but no i didn't remember one jot of it i was surprised every time someone from doctor who turned up Mm. i was quite surprised oh it's the master oh it's uh, eric cleek oh um and the story was was weird um but yeah i no memory of this whatsoever i don't i haven't seen many of the the hammer sort of as you would say adventure films or anything that wasn't horror or sci-fi um because they just wouldn't have appealed if i wanted to watch something like that i'd watch a tarzan film as a kid mm. you know um i i i got a feeling as a kid this would have bored me silly mm. to be honest i, I... I, I chose it because I wanted us to do an adventure yeah. stroke horror uh, story. Um, and I chose it because, yeah, you've got two Doctor Who connections. Yes. And I, I went into it with some trepidation um, because I, I thought, oh, my goodness, we're going to have some really dodgy yeah. stuff in here. And But I, I was quite surprised in that apart from, yeah, two Doctor Who uh, villains and Marie Devereaux, I was quite happy to see that you know the the the, the locals were played. They it, it wasn't a load of people in brown face like because I was expecting to be. Oh no, it's going to be a half up mum. Yes, um, that, I I I was both pleasantly surprised by how it didn't go down that route, but also it was sort of the, anyone that was not pure white, they're they're Indian. You know what I mean? Because like Roger Delgado and yeah. Eric Klee. Yeah. Um, 
so it, it wasn't quite as bad as like um marie Devereaux yeah. is the only one who was white yeah. but i've is got she, questions is she about the, her is she the girl that goes to feed the two blinded people in the cage she's the one who's spilling out all over the place yes and she they've not even attempted to brown her up have they she she glows like a white light bulb throughout. I I, I don't know what the story is there. I think we might look at this film a little bit differently if it had been filmed in colour, like it was originally going to be shot. Because in black and white, I mean, it it looks quite good. It's quite, it's obviously uh, that fairly early in Hammer's output. And they put a bit of effort into into doing it. it. It reminded me at times of Carry On Up the Kyber. Yeah. And I'm, You're I'm talking just, about the exterior scenes, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, the exterior scenes. It's like, oh, this, oh is, was this filmed on? Um, but I think if it was colour, then some of the people that are made up, it would look a lot worse, I think. Yeah. Um, there's there's some weird choices, like the um, the the brother of uh, Guy Rolfe's uh, manservant. His boy, Ram Daz. Yeah, if you say so. He he looks like he stepped out of a 1950s surfer movie. He's got a Teddy Boy Quiff, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a Teddy Boy Quiff, (laughs) clean shaven. They haven't even attempted to make him look Indian. And I don't know, is that, should we be thankful or is that lazy? I don't know. This is such a weird film. Mm. Um, It's absolutely uh, un-PC in its outlook of, all Indians are either children to be patted on the head and looked after or terribly evil, evil yeah. people, because they're not Christians and the white man's there to save them, um, which is a product of its time. Yeah, you know, but, not, this, but yeah. this film is commendable in the character of Captain Lewis, in that Captain Lewis stands up to you know, his boss and he well, says, yeah. you wouldn't be interested in any of what's going on here if you weren't losing money, it's only because it's affecting trade that you're going to get involved. If this is just villagers going missing, you wouldn't be bothered, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, there there is a, a an attempt uh, to make the the like you say Captain Lewis, Ari, uh, to make him a bit sympathetic and a bit more enlightened. But even he, he's not saying. In that one, in that scene where he says about it, he says, um, uh, "Captain, the the double-barreled guy, Alan Cuthbertson. What the hell? I can't remember his character's name. The hoity-toity officer. That Something comes in. Smith, isn't it? Yeah, he's a double-barreled type one. Typical um, stock English person abroad. It's what um, he always did, didn't he? he oh, he always roles. played those parts. Yeah, <laughs> he was always someone from the Foreign Office, wasn't he? Um, and when he's talking about him, he says uh, he wouldn't know if they that they took their dead out to be." Uh, cremated on the but even even then um harry's not saying it as if these beliefs should be uh respected but he's saying it almost as if you won't know how these savages act yeah uh, it doesn't quite go <coughs> as far it doesn't help that unfortunately guy rolf is an absolute block of wood well d- guy rolf is not your typical leading man no. No, you know he. Yeah, he, it's an odd choice for um for uh, th- this character. It really is. It re- it is because the whole thing, the whole thing plays like this is been filmed by the B role people. You know the 
there's no real leading. It's all names second in it. unit. Yeah, second unit. It's all. It's all sort of. We can make this while we're doing another film. Yeah. And they've hired capable, but not stars. Um, it definitely. It definitely is. Is one of Hammer's second tier efforts. I think. And it's um, weird because you know this. This is Hammer's first film of 1960. Um, you know, it's only three years since, you know, the, the the enormous success of Curse of Frankenstein. This is their first film in 1960. Uh, it's written by David Z. Goodman. And it's the first Hammer film that Terence Fisher directed without a script by Jimmy Sangster. All right. Um, Jack Asher had gone. He's not the cinematographer here. You've got Arthur Grant. But it's good old Bernard Robinson still doing the sets. And yep. uh, James Bernard's still doing the music. Um, but talking about the sets, um, the marketplace, because that's really all you ever see. I thought yeah. it was a village, but later on they say about the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you only just see this market square because it's a hammer film. Um, that's the Dracula exterior set. Oh, right. Okay. Because you said that um, they reused that castle they built. And yeah. I suppose this this is one of them, yeah? Yep, yep, yep. Um Totally. It's great that you said um, um, carry on, follow that camel, because it when they're going around that quarry, not for one second does that make you think that you're in India. No, none of this makes you think you're in India. Um, the skies, it looks cold to start with. It was filmed in the summer yeah. of 59, was actually. It? Yes. <laughs> it looks freezing. Um, and none, it's like when they... When they because for a long while they they're sort of in the in the city, and then you get an attack in this sort of open plain, and it's quite obviously Britain because it's like British trees, yeah. grass. It's like in no way does uh, does the field outside of Bray look like India. You can put as much exotic bird song over oh, the top of it yeah. as you like. It still looks like a quarry. I mean, the bit where you have the tiger hunt. And when Lewis finds the uh, the dead bodies near the end, that's Callow Hill Sandpits uh, in Surrey. Right. But yeah. the main quarry is Blooming Gerard's Cross one that we've talked about so much on Doctor Who adversaries. Yeah. It's the Doctor Who quarry, basically. It, do, you, do you think that's why there's so many uh, Doctor Who alumni in it? <laughs> it was, oh, so uh, when, when they return, oh, Roger returns for Doctor Who, it's like, oh, I've been here before. You know, ten years ago. Yeah. So, oh, this, this seems very familiar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those films you're watching and you go, "Oh, it's him! Oh, it's him!" Without ever knowing who you're talking about. No, but the other thing about spotting people is what makes this a curious Hammer film is you've got none of your regulars. No. And Marie Devereaux, I mean, she she appeared in five. Hammer films. She's the only one nearest to actually being a regular. You've got no Michael Ripper. You've got no recognisable faces, have you? No. Well, that's what I mean. This it feels like a second tier. No, there's no one. Normally, this style of film, they would they would use this cast and then bung Peter Cushion in it. I was going to say, what about bung... Captain Captain Lewis played by Peter Cushion? Would that yeah, have that... elevated it a bit more? I think so. I because the the, the story is very slight. It's a mystery where there is no mystery for the audience, which is always sort of the worst type of thing. But 
Guy Rolf just he's got no um screen presence. No. You know, he talks as if he's you know, he, he's an accountant and he's having trouble finding a receipt. Do you recognise him from anything else? Because I, no, I was looking at no. him and it's like, I know you, I know you from somewhere, I know you from somewhere. So I looked on his um, IMDB, right? right? And I scrolled down and I found a show that um, he's in and he was in Space 1999. Oh, what was he in that then? He was in New Adam, New Eve, the guy who looks almost like Jason... Um, you know, uh, Jason King guy, Peter Wingard, the one who reckons he's God, you know, in oh, the second right. season okay. with a big droopy moustache and a blue dress. And, uh, yeah, if you type in Space 1999 Magus, M-A-G-U-S, if you do that now, and you do that as well, listener, you'll go, bloody hell, it's him out of Stranglers of Bombay. Have you got him? Oh, oh my God, the guy with the uh, Mexican bandito moustache. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to be Jason. Wow. K- yeah, Jason, Jason King. King. <laughs> oh God, okay. That's him. Fair enough. Yeah, it, he he looks he looks almost dead in it. To be fair. Yeah. Um. Right. Okay. So he has been in stuff then. Yeah. He's. I think if you had a Peter Cushion, even a Christopher Lee playing this part as a stuck-up Brit, you would you would at least have something to to sort of bring your focus in on. Because I, I watching it, I thought. I don't care what this guy is. He's just quit. I don't give a crap about him. Yeah. I was more interested in watching the thuggies because at least you had some good actors on that side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, putting a bit of effort in. It's like, let's go back to the thuggies, shall we? Yeah. I'm sort of sympathetic with them as well. <laughs> you know, I think they're in, they're possibly uh, got a point when they're saying what they're saying. Yeah. Um, there's a few other Doctor Who connections. And I was just looking down the cast. So you've got, um, Ewan Solon, he's, he's in it. Uh, he was Vashinsky in uh-huh. uh, Planet of Evil. You've got uh, David Spencer, who was Tomney in The Abominable Snowmen. Roger, of course. Um, John Harvey was in Doctor Who as well, in one of the 60s ones, but I can't think which one he was in. It really is like a Doctor Who's Who's Who. Very good. Very good. Um, and then we've got stock, stock um, slimy fill in the ethnic minority you want to insult actor i i would say his name wrong tutti lemkow yeah the guy with the beard he was in everything around this time guns and Navarone, just about everything if you wanted a slimy native person you bought you hired him you go for him <laughs> yeah. yeah all right before we talk about the film a little bit more behind the scenes right. all right Talking about the thuggies, it says the thuggy cult can be traced back to the 17th century with roots going back as far as the 13th. It is estimated that they murdered two million of their countrymen. According to the film's end credits, one thug allegedly claimed 700 victims. The cult's victims were often picked out beforehand and their graves were dug before they were murdered. All right. It's, it, isn't it weird that it, you say this one thuggy? I think he might be exaggerating, but killed 700 people. You almost feel the urge to go, well, well done. Because that's like, that's quite an effort, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to um, take him a while. If he was killing one every day, that's going to take him a couple of years. You're going to get tired out. I'm presuming he, he, he um, had to replace his uh, his strangling scarf a few times. Yes. <laughs> um I mean, we've got a location for this film. Obviously, we're yes. in India. They don't actually specify just where. I'm presuming we're in Bombay. Yeah, or thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, but, just um, outside Sussex, yeah. Yeah, or roundabouts. 
Um, or so, layabouts. <laughs> or layabouts. Um, uh, Captain Lewis, right, yes. is, is based on William Henry Sleeman, a, a, a real person who, oh, de- okay. who declared war on the Thuggies in 1835 and by hanging thousands of its leaders and members was able to eradicate it by the 1870s. So, so around about to, 1835, yeah, I reckon. 1835. Don't you have to sort of wonder at the irony there that they wanted to stamp out uh, a group of people that strangulated people by strangulating people. Yeah. That's not ironic, entirely sure that was the right <laughs> sort of thing, the, the right tone to set. To, How dare you strangle people? We're going to strangle you. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Double standards. Um, um, yeah, I, I was also, when, when it started, and, and historically, this isn't inaccuracy, but it does show, is the age difference between him and his missus as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go, oh, that that his daughter? Oh, it's his wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen people call this, you know, uh, a sadistic film. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't call no. it sadistic. It's it's yeah. humorless. Yeah, um, it, de- uh, it it suffers because there's no humor whatsoever in it. There's none of the little characters that Hammer would put uh, in. To, and it's to, grim, yeah. and and it's quite nasty, and it's just astonishing that when this was released in cinemas, it was an A. But there's, realistically, there's not that much, unless unless the version I saw was cut, there's not that much actual gore in it. There's lots of implied. Yes, yes, and um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it doesn't show it, yeah. But tonally, it's... It's, um, tonally, it's grim in as far as no one gives a rats when the Indians are dying. It's only when they kill the white a good man. white man that they suddenly go, well, okay, we're going to nuke the planet from orbit. Um, yeah, tonally, it's it's weirdly grim, but but that's more... I imagine that's what, you know, the Raj and uh, that period in Indian history was like. I think, you know, it's the whole um, um, Kill Bill, isn't it? Um, I, yeah. think, I, I think filming it in... If, that, if it was in colour and you saw when the guy's eyes are put out, yes. the, the red... That would have got it more, but the fact that it's black and white, I think, takes the edge off of it yeah. a bit. But apparently, um, it was given an A because uh, Hammer marketed it as based on uh, real life events. So, so therefore, they, they were claiming it was it's, it's a it's a uh, docudrama. Mm. It's historical. Yeah. yeah, but this is a rare instance where a film increased its ratings when it came out on video. When this oh, came right. out on video, it became a fifteen. Did they? Do you know what they listed? As the reason for upping it? No, no, I don't know. Because it can, might have been more upped because of the uh, the dubious stereotyping going yeah, on than yeah. anything else. Um, I've got an odd quote from Terence Fisher. Yeah. Lastly, Terence Fisher said, "The Stranglers of Bombay went wrong. It was too crude. The basic idea was the absolutely true story of the Thuggee." The producers felt it was better in black and white as it was a documentary story rather than a myth. But in the written word, there was too much Frankenstein and Dracula, and I was still with the previous approach. I don't know what he means by, but in the written word. I get what yeah, he's saying. He was script, still, or... yeah, I, I think he, he he's he, he's saying he was still in the mindset of making oh, right. the fairy tales. And and therefore, you know, he he, he, he wasn't switched on properly to how he should be directing it i think that's what i think he's the, saying. The, the problem as well is that i i don't know who this story is aimed at 
I, I mean, it, I know it's not Saturday you, matinee, is it? No, it's not. It's not something. Not something you'd go and I can't see it ever having a big cult following because there's nothing to latch onto. I can't see it entertaining your average sort of Hammer fan that would go and watch it because it's a Hammer film because it's so different, really, to to everything else. Yeah, I'm not sure who this was aimed at, and they can't do justice to the storyline. So they're saying, oh, this is the man that went to war on the thuggies and wiped them out. But watching the film, you get the feeling there was only four of them. Yeah. There, there's just not enough scope. Um, and there's lots and lots of plot, plot threads that are just either left hanging or they go, mm, like at the at the end when it's like, you, the whole point is that the, the local uh, Raj was um, behind the thuggies. Mm. Nothing ever comes of that. No. At the dinner party right at the end, they go, Oh, it was you. Okay, that was it. What? Yeah. yeah, well. It's a very abrupt ending. Very abrupt, yeah. It's like they just got 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 to a natural point to cut off and went, should we give up? <laughs> should we just end? Well, let's start, shall we? Yes, yeah. Let's All look right. at let's look at the story. This is Kali, the goddess of destruction. In this temple of horror, she reigns supreme. She gave our ancestors this sacred cloth. And said, kill! 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 This is true. This is real. This actually happened in mystery shrouded India. As a perverted religious sect gripped a nation by the throat, its worshippers dedicated to the wanton destruction of human life. They were called thuggies. There's necks. What about them? Oh, they're broken, all of them broken. But it's going to so old, they're disintegrating. How can you tell they're broken? There was one that wasn't so old, remember? It still had some flesh on it. Prepare the sacred cloth. Kill! Kill! One million murders! As satanic killers prowl the fearsome night for innocent victims of their far-flung murder cult. No woman can resist. No man can survive their strangling silks. You have sinned against the goddess Kali. Those that sin against Kali must suffer the pain of never looking upon her face again. The incredible truth about India's thuggies. The butchers of Bombay, deadlier than their native cobras. See Mongoose fight cobra for a man's life. See the Stranglers of Bombay. We get a rolling scroll at the beginning. I always like we a do, film yeah. with a rolling scroll. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that it's... Um... It's it's neutral and it's not biased. In it refers to the thuggies as a perverted sect. <laughs> yeah, set your flag out, Hammer. Set your flag out. Yeah, um, yeah it's nice to get. A, this is very much. Uh, you would get this on on films that were meant to be set in real life, wouldn't you? Like pirate films and yeah, you know, tales of the Spanish main. It's Sunday afternoon and it's raining it really outside, is, yeah. and you're watching a pirate yeah. film with this rolling scroll. Yeah. Eh? yeah. And then you know, you know, realistically, the bug war that's accurate in it. 
but uh yeah it's it's nice to see and like I say the 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 disc the disc that you recommended that this was on i honestly thought it was going to be really ropey prints because it looks awful the disc it looks like a, a one of these it looks um, like when you get down the market domain. yeah but it's actually really good good print really yeah. and it shows off the cinematography is really nice as pretty much always was the case with hammer yeah you know they got that bit always right didn't they the look and that so yeah. Can't can't follow that. And then we um yeah, we see a lovely uh a lovely shot of Carly, don't we? Yeah, the saggy breasted Carly there. Yeah. Yes. Bless her. And they keep calling her the mother god or something. Yes, yeah. And our subject today, good old Eric Kleeg. Eric Kleeg, yes. Because he doesn't from... even have a name. He's just no, in the credits. He's the high he's priest, high priest he? of yeah. Carly, yeah. Shall we call him yeah. Eric? Eric, yeah. We'll call him Eric. There's not enough Erics in the world, is there? There's not, um, no. Yeah, and it, was, and it took me a few minutes to recognise him, because you hadn't told me about any of this. No. So I was watching it, and I think, is that, he's familiar. Is that Eric? No. Because what's really weird is, we, we, what, we, when we covered Tomb of the Cybermen in uh, Doctor Who Adversaries, and we covered Eric Kleeg, and we both sort of, we were we were sort of enamoured by his his strange accent. He hasn't really got that accent in this. No. So it was either put on or he's doing a, a an Indian accent for this one. It, but yeah, that's what threw me because I thought I recognise his face, but I don't recognise. And then he would say a certain words, and you go, ah, yeah, that's Eric. Yeah. yeah. So Eric Eric is there, um, on a very small uh, set. This this outdoor temple that they've yeah. got, it's so it it can only be just down the road from the village. Yeah, it can't be that far. And yet the English have never found it. No, it, it it's weird. This film sort of almost portrays the English as they arrived yesterday. <laughs> they have no clue about anything. I like the bit later on where they find the dead bodies uh, right next door to the. The manufactured tiger uh, shooting platform. Yeah, shooting platform. (laughs) Did no one look across and see the hands sticking up out of the ground? Uh, Yeah, the geography in this film is all wrong, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So Eric's telling this story about how in ancient times a monster roamed the jungle. Um, Nothing could stop it apart from Carly, but every time Carly fought it, it dripped blood and another monster grew out of the blood, so Carly had to kill that one. Very Harryhausen, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. would have done a good version of that. Yeah, um, and, and Carly realises to kill it, you've got to kill it without spilling blood. So strangled yes. it, and that's what, uh, um, you know, led to the, their cult, the cult of Carly. Yeah, yeah it's... Um, and, and, and this is quite quite interesting to watch because he's 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 got a presence about him, hasn't he, old uh, Eric? Um, when he's saying this, and it's like, oh, well, this is interesting. Um, then we get some some credits and that, and this is filmed in Megascope. Megascope, yes. What the hell was Megascope? Even was worse than that. They call it Megascope, but do you know how they marketed it, this? No, I don't know. Strangloscope. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Strangloscope. You'll feel that you're being Hammer. strangled. <laughs> Oh dear! During um, the film, an usher will creep up behind you and throw their hanky round your throat. I yeah, like to do or, that with some uh, cinema goers I've oh sat God, with before. Yeah. Noisy bastards! Turn your phone off, you. Yeah, 
so there's three new followers being initiated, yes. aren't, yeah. aren't they? Um, and one of the guys doing the initiation is the master himself. Yeah, Roger Delgado. Lovely to see. Far too much hair. He's almost bouffant. He is, yeah. Um, um, and again, it's an, another thing of, he looks vaguely foreign. Indian. We'll use him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where it gets gruesome because the guy's arm is cut yeah. and then he's branded. All right. Um, I'm not quite sure what they were doing there other than a lot of a lot of uh, secret sex seems to want these sort of weird um, initiation things. Yeah, but this is a secret yeah. brand. You would think you would brand them somewhere that's not so obvious in well, a hot hours, country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want it, you want it covered up. Yeah. Perhaps so, they could, because that would show the brown makeup lines. We didn't make his ass up. <laughs> they pull, pull down his trousers and there's a pair of lily white buttocks. <laughs> oh, there's a thought. Um, so all the while this is happening, old Eric's whipping them up into a frenzy, right? Yes. And I said to you, you know, during the week, do you think Steven Spielberg saw this film and... Mola Ram from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom could possibly be yeah. based on Eric because the performance is very similar. The look is very similar. I I can't prove it, but I would think yes, because it's t- it's so similar. Um, you could see. I really like the the guy that played Mola Ram um, in Temple of Doom, and you could see him in this, and I could see Eric in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, very, very similar tone, very similar performances. Um, and I know Spielberg would have researched thuggy films. Thuggy films, yeah. yeah. And there can't have been too many. Apparently, I thought so. apparently the, uh, the, 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 uh, the fellas in Gunga Din are based on the thuggy. So that's another oh, right. thuggy film. Yeah. But I am just about to blow yours and the listener's mind now oh. with my proposition right? Because I was thinking about old Eric in this film here, and yeah. thinking well, he could be, you know, great-grandfather of Mola Ram in Temple oh, of right. Doom. Okay. And that made me think, how about this idea? If that's the case, could the Indiana Jones films be actually in the Hammer universe? I think they could. They they follow the Hammer, the Hammer sort of um, genre, don't they, of vaguely historical with a bit Horror of supernatural fantasy, fantasy in it, yeah. Oh, the cat's gone mad. She's gone thuggy on me. Oh, um, yeah, I could see it. I, I, I would love to see a Hammer version from the early 70s or late 60s version of Raids of the Lost Ark. It would be surprisingly different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine the bolder... Because um, Indiana Jones would be uh, Peter Cushion. Yeah. Can you imagine a big boulder chasing him? It would be it would be polystyrene, wouldn't it? It absolutely would. It would be great. Oh, now I want to see that. I'm hoping AI gets to the point where you can just go, you can suggest that into the, the search right. engine. Take out Harrison Ford and put in yeah. Peter Cushing. Yeah. Peter Cushing in Raiders. Imagine because, him do it. Yeah, that would be amazing. Because the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, well, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, the the thuggy cult we see in Temple of Doom is this cult just a hundred years on? Yeah, it could be. You know, some of the uh, the the Brits at that dinner party 
could yeah. easily be the you know Colonel Henderson we have here and Sydney that we have in this film and yeah. and and the the Smith bloke. Yeah, they could um, be Colonel Blumbart's. Yeah. Um, great 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 grandfather no great great grandfather and then if that's true yeah Yeah. if that's true that also means that in indiana jones the last crusade when he and elsa go to that castle in austria you could have castle dracula just down the road or castle frankenstein yeah it could all fit i think i think the indiana jones films would fit very nicely into the hammer in that way you could all you could have indiana jones meeting uh yeah and Van Helsing. That would have been a better bloody than Crystal Skull, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Have have Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones working joining British Rocket Group and chasing Victor Caroon, that would have been a much better film. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Sticking with Temple of Doom, I mean when we go to the town city, village, whatever it is, and we go inside the offices of the East India Company. We've got Patel Shari there. He could easily be that slimy Prime Minister from Temple of Doom. Yeah, he does look like him, yeah. Who is meant to be a good guy, but he's actually the head of the thug. Exactly the same as this film. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, you've been nicking stuff, mate. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, It's obvious, as soon as you meet um, uh, uh, Patel, it's obvious he's the villain, isn't it? Because he's you know, as soon as you meet anyone that's a native but is on the side of the British, they're going to be a turncoat. Yeah, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. The only way that that works is is like the other guy, where they act like a uh, a a child to the British adult. You know, like a when they're the Batman, but they're a little bit kooky and they've got to be kept in their Yeah, as soon as as soon as you see him, you go, "This is the guy." I said, "This is the guy behind it in my notes." Yeah, um, we get lots of shots of punker wallers that did make me think of Ain't Our Fault, Mum. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, overtones. It's, it's all ouch, but that's how it was, yes, wasn't it? No, like, it is yeah. real life, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, and he he's the head of this delegation of traders. Yep. You know, people are going missing, caravans are going missing, supplies, yep. horses, everything's going missing, and that's when Captain Lewis comes in, and uh, and he he's the one who suggests, you know. Uh, create a team to find out what's going on and he thinks in his arrogance that he's gonna um uh, lead it, head yeah. it yes um well it, we the 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 british we see because again the, the east india company is fascinating history and it's not quite as it's done here i mean everyone's wearing the wrong period clothes for starters yeah for this period but you know it's hammer they would have used whatever was in stock we meet almost all the other english officers are bumbling out of out of sort of their depth way and it's like no they they weren't like how do you think the east india company ended up being the government of india yeah they weren't all bumbling idiots that that all thought the indians were animals and things like so but you know it's okay for this this sort of story they they do that um i do like their idea of why don't we pay off the rebels that works so well with vikings didn't it oh they never learn um we have that rubbish ambush clearly in in the english quarry um and um yeah you know the two bandits are caught and um you know lewis takes one of their silk ropes Yes. And has it with him. And that's when we meet Captain Connell Smith. That's his name. Connell Smith, Smith. Yeah. yeah. Who is who is your typical stiff upper lip 
uh, arist- aristocrat idiot who thinks that the everyone should uh, the problem can be solved as soon as they take a glimpse at him and realize he's superior to them. Yes, um, wonderfully played by uh, Alan Cuthbertson, who you'll have seen in everything. He I always I, played this part. Yeah, I, I just remember him in Forty Towers, the guy with the tick. Yes, do you remember? Yes, yeah, <laughs> he's a really, really good actor, and he, he specialised. I mean, he was typecast as this part, but he played it so well. Mm. Um, very, very good. Um, but yeah, Lewis gets his hand on a scarf, which upsets the thuggies, doesn't it? Because they're sacred. Yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, the two bandits are freed, aren't they? Almost immediately yes. as they get to the town square. I um, I have to wonder at the competency of these people, though. And it's like they're bringing in. They know that the rebels have got huge sympathy in the the local market, so they bring the two guys tied up with like three guards. Yeah. Into the local market. Yeah. Immediately they're set free, um, and a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, sort of ensues um and then we go um we 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 meet what you think is going to be a just a a throwaway bit of stock footage or something we meet the mongoose toki toki oh he's got his own name as it yeah toki toki the mongoose who um who to be fair has more personality than uh lewis yes (laughs) you know i could watch a film about toki the mongoose um we do get some Later on, we get some that everyone stops to watch a bit of stock footage of the mongoose fighting a cobra, don't they? It's just made me laugh. That like, is oh. a very strange uh, sequence. That it's just bizarre. There's whole bits of this film that are quite bizarre. Um, very, very strange. Um, oh, and we this is where we meet um, his manservant or Batman or whatever he is, and it's uh, it's. Like I say, I can never pronounce his name, Mr. Lemcow. <laughs> yeah. And he plays Ram Das. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lewis's boy. Um, <laughs> dodgy. Yeah, very dodgy. Um, that's when Lewis finds out he's not going to head the team. Yeah. Connor oh, Smith is, is. This is brilliant, though, because he's moaning to his wife, his poor, long suffering wife. And he goes. Um, daughter. Is, is that his, yeah, his wife stroke daughter. <laughs> Um, well, it, was, it was more. It was a, a different time, um, and he he says, um, "How could they not put me in charge? I learned all the statistics." But in the meeting, he gives one statistic. Yeah, he says eleven thousand one hundred eighty-seven or something. People have been strangled. That's not learning all the statistics. And why would that make you suitable to lead yeah. the team? Oh, well, he thinks he, knows he is a number. <laughs> Um, that's when we have the torture thing. That's when we find out Patel yes. Shari is the leader because yeah, the two bandits have been taken along and yeah. uh, the punishment is to uh, have a red-hot poker, poke their eyes out and cut their tongues off. And we don't yeah. see any of it. No, we no, hear it. Yeah, uh, to the point where I was I was thinking, what are they doing? Because they cu- they're heating up the old uh, tools in a, a, a brazier. Um, brazier? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, not a bra. No, that's a brazier. Isn't <laughs> that's it? a brazier. They're heating. Well, no, brazier. Yeah, brazier. That's the word. Well, that's it. Um, yeah, they're heating it up in a fire, <laughs> safer. Um, and then they go. They menacingly go towards him, and it cuts to uh, to um, Patel. Patel watching, and he's he's obviously queasy. Yeah, I don't think he realised this was happening. And I thought, what are they doing? Are they cutting their tongues out? And then we see him later, and their eyes are burned out. Like, and they've got they? blood around their mouths <laughs> yeah. as well. So yeah. 
Yeah, it's quite, as I say, quite gruesome for an A. It is. It to, this it feels like um, a nineteen forties film. You know, like the Tarzan pre Hayes Code yes, films, yeah. where you've got lots and lots of Englishmen being killed by the natives in various bizarre ways, and that was almost the the reason for the film. So, like, ah, look at these people getting killed. Um, and then it, you think these guys are going to be quite a big plot point because we see them outside later in the cage mm-hmm. when uh, um, Buxom Wench yes. takes them some food. They never really do anything after that. No, they get murdered at the end, don't yeah. they? They get strangled it, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, Ram Dass, um, you know, um, says that he passed the caravan and he's sure he saw his brother. And and yes. so Lewis gives him permission to go off, and and we get a big play is is made of the fact that Ramdas gives him a medallion, yeah, as a sign of thanks, and you can give it back to me when I return. So you know that's significant, and yeah, that's this going to is, play a part. part this is like uh, in a film where a prince decides to dress up as one of the local peasants and to show he, he's got half a medallion to show it's him, sort of thing. So like, yep, this is gonna this is gonna come into play later on when. It's going to save him somehow, isn't it? We know it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes off to uh, to try and find his brother. Um, and then we weirdly, halfway through the film, we start getting voiceovers. Yeah. And and they're very carry-on voiceovers. You know, the in Carry-On at Kaiba, where it's that the guy doing a voiceover and he's he's explaining, like, the Kaiba pass, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it so feels like that. To the point where I wonder if... if when they did Kyber Pass, they watched this film. They might have. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a lot of people watched this film. We just didn't realise. Yeah. Um, I got in my notes at this point, it says, India looks surprisingly like Epping Forest. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Gopali, isn't it? Ram does his brother. Gopali. Yes. He, he's at the outdoor temple. Uh, much is made of him wearing a medallion just like the one that Lewis has now got. Yes. And he's being taught by Eric um, how to act when at the caravan, which is foreshadowing the third act of this film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, and he's interrupted. Um, um, Ram Dass is approaching, and he's also told that he's a servant of Captain Lewis, and our Roger there tells him that uh, are all about Lewis, and Lewis is an unbeliever who has the sacred cloth. Yeah. To which Eric says, Lewis must be punished. Bring Ramdas to me. And that's when it fades to black. We yep. never see that encounter between those two, no. do we? No, like I say, there's a lot of plot points and situations set up. And you're like, mm, no, not going to see that. No, 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 just moving on. Okay. Well, we do next. I mean, I mean, you know, Lewis gets duffed up outside and they, yes. and they, they nick his silk rope. And then at that evening dinner party... A package is thrown through the window onto the table, yeah. and it's Ram Dass's hand, isn't it? I, I thought it was meant to be his head. No, it's his hand. It's his hand, is it? Oh, no, because right. he's still alive at the end, Ram oh, Dass. Of course he is, yes. No, it's yeah. his hand wearing that ring. Because yes, that's, that's why, right. Yeah, that's why he makes a big right. play when he meets Warren Mitchell in the market about yeah. my boy Adam. That's it, yeah. The ring, ring like on. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alf Garnet, yeah. Yes, yeah, that was a a, a surprise to see it him. It was, there. yeah, yeah. And I quite like Lewis. Okay, he's badly acted, but he he stands up for himself to Colonel Henderson. That's a bit yeah. odd to have Colonel Henderson. I'm so used to Colonel Henderson's in UFO, not yeah. in a Hammer film. Um, and uh, Colonel Henderson says, "No, Smith will deal with it." But Lewis gets angry and and yeah. spells it all out and says, "This is." 
going to grow if you don't sort this out now. Um, but he's ignored. So Lewis resigns, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he quits. Um, I think he's expecting them to go, no, no, no. And they're like, yeah, well, <laughs> see did you Did you laugh next day when he goes off? He's not an officer and he's in his Oh, civvies. that outfit. Not even John uh, Pertwee would wear no. that outfit, I don't think. Well, that's what I mean. I I don't think this is accurate period costume. <laughs> this is like a Regency dandy, isn't it? Oh, it's my like, God. And that hat. Oh yeah. dear. I mean, to be fair, almost everyone is overdressed in this film because they're all, wear, all, all the soldiers are wearing full wool uniform and, and all their kit. And it's like, you would have died out there. It's, yeah, but this... I watched it. It was like, is this him incognito? This is him in disguise. This is him blending in. Yeah. Um, uh, The only place he would blend in is if he was trying to be a pimp in 1970s New York. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, Yeah. That's when he meets Warren Mitchell, doesn't he? Yes. Um, Um, uh, Who's doing a terrible Indian accent. I think he should have done Uh, the accent he did in Carry On Cleo because he's the same sort of trader there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. (laughs) I think, again, he he looked vaguely suave and foreign, didn't he? Yeah. Because he was in a lot of the ITC stuff playing vaguely... Egyptians and things like that, yeah. Yeah, just never pin them down. Um, He's he's all right, though. I do like that... uh, He's like, where did you get that ring? And he goes, oh, I'll sell it to you. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, my friend had a ring like this. Oh, what did he pay how, for yeah, it? How much did he say he paid for it? Because he's lying. If he bought it for yeah. one, he's lying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the way Lewis says to Sydney, I'll go out on the tiger hunt with you because I might yeah. learn something outside of town. What's he going to learn on a tiger hunt? Uh, 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 what's the tiger going to spill its guts <laughs> just before it literally spills its guts? I don't know. He's he's like, yeah, I might get some good intel up a tree. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he does. Yeah, so but that's only because really Toki gets out. Yeah. Scares one of the locals who, uh, and then they come down, and that's when Lewis yeah. finds his hand sticking out the ground. I love as well that it's like they're waiting. They've tied up a sacrificial lamb or goat. Um, no. They're waiting for the tiger to come. The tiger comes out of the bushes. Dun, 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 dun. And like I say, the mongoose gets free and scares the local and he makes a noise and they blame the local. They immediately all climb down the tree. Like, the tiger the might tiger not have gone away. There. Yeah. I'm <laughs> assuming that stock footage of a tiger. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I think... Hammond well, didn't I, have the money to film a tiger. No, no. I think these all these clips of when you see animals is stock footage, to be honest. They obviously had a mongoose or something that looked vaguely like a mongoose because we see it interacting with some of the, uh, the actors. But no, I, I reckon it was... These scenes would have been filmed around what stock footage they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last film we talked about, Quake Mass Experiment, they had live animals in that, but they were down at Chessington Zoo. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think they're in Chessington Zoo for this bit. I wouldn't have thought so. No. no. Um, and yeah, they, they, they stumble across the most sloppy berry in... Yes. They are very shallow graves, aren't they? Yes, there's just a hand (laughs) sticking up. And they find 30 bodies uh, buried there. Yeah, and Smith says, oh, it's just a local cemetery. But Lewis is like, no, they've all had their necks broken. Yeah, Lewis, yeah, um, Smith is very much, uh, yeah, it might might be a local cemetery. It's like, it's under a bush, mate. What the hell? Uh, Bless him. Mm. We've next got somebody who's tried robbing Mr. Burns's house yes. and he's been caught. And uh, Captain Isn't it weird Silver. when they keep saying Mr. Burns? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like Colonel Henderson as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, 
um, Captain Silver, who's we hear is part Indian, um, will get the truth out of him. So they're left yeah. alone. And uh, yeah, um, Silver sees the brand, shows the guy his brand and says, basically, tell the truth. Uh, don't tell the truth. Yeah. Say you worked alone. And when you're killed, Carly will forgive you. Yeah. If you do this, you'll go into the arms of Carly mm. and her massive droopy bosoms. Um, so, yeah. So we, I mean, the crowd are loving the hanging, aren't they? They're really enthused for it. And he literally launches himself into the knee. He hangs himself, doesn't yeah, he? Yes, it's, it's like self-service <laughs> hanging. Yes. Um, yeah, very, very strange. But it's like, oh, that's that's the end of that lead. Yeah, very, very, um, very weird hanging that. Yeah. Um, so Lewis has noticed that some of the people in the crowd seem to be enjoying it more than others. So he decides yes. he and Toki, lucky he takes Toki with him. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why he takes Toki with well, him. Well, he hasn't taken Toki pretty much anywhere other than Tiger Hunt. He hasn't taken Toki elsewhere. So why does he decide now? I, yeah, it's very uh, setting up the plot. Yeah. I, I immediately thought, hmm, Toki's going to get him out of this. Yeah. And Toki does because yeah, yeah he, he he gets he follows them to the outdoor temple. He's yep. immediately caught and when Which he wakes up Which is literally up, three steps down the road. Yeah. When he wakes up, he's yep. staked out in the sun. Yeah. And old Marie Devereaux is there having a drink of water. Uh you know, just teasing him. Yeah. Um we'll, cleavage off. Yeah. Oh. We'll talk more about Marie Devereaux, uh, okay. I think, when we do Brides of Dracula, because she's, she's oh, in she, that. Yeah. But she's got an interesting backstory. But she yeah. had a nickname, old Marie Devereaux. Um, she was the Countess of Cleavage. <laughs> That's what she was called. And one of the Hammer people said something about, no man ever looked at her twice. That was the quote. And she is quite um, memorable, isn't she? She is. She cuts a figure. She does, yeah. So, so she's just sat there. She never has any lines. This girl, no. Um, she, you, you hear all the way through that you know thousands of people have gone missing. Do you think she actually is European and she's just been absorbed into the cult because they um, they don't seem to have you know put any makeup on? No, her. that's that's what's really weird. Is I would have expected her to be browned up a bit because mm. they, they've not even made the effort. Which I say I don't know whether to, is that commendable or not. I don't know, and I I doubt I doubt they had a lack of volunteers to to make her up. <laughs> you need a lot of brown paint, I think. Well, perhaps that's what they they go. We can't cover that. <laughs> it costs too much. Um, yeah, um, yeah. He's staked out, and they they there's a a snake. <laughs> Appears, isn't it? this a strange scene? The oh, cobra so scene. Weird, yeah. It, it's all in silence, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Apart from the bird song, you know, the crows and yeah, the hisses hi- of the snake. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, it, it it's it's quite a lengthy sequence, isn't it? It, it yeah, it's slivering towards him, dun, 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 and it's like they're waiting. Everyone's watching him as if to go, ah, the 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 snake will kill you, and he's guided by Carly or something. Mm. And then the mongoose appears. And everyone goes, rescue. mongoose! Yeah, everyone's got mongoose, like it's something scary. None of them try and stop it. No. And then they all watch. So it's like, let's stop and watch the stock footage. And we cut to this grainy, horrible stock footage fight of a mongoose. Thought... And couple... Do you remember seeing them on, like, World of Disney? You remember you used to have mm. animal sections on Disney Disney Hour. But this is real. That mongoose yeah, kills is, yep. that snake. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's horrible. I don't like this sort of thing. I used to get a lot of this style of footage in the uh, 70s Italian cannibal films. Yeah. Everyone would stop to look at some stock footage of an animal being killed. And yeah, like, I don't, don't want to see it. I don't want to see an alligator rearing out the river and grabbing a poor gazelle by the neck and no, pulling it in. No, you know, no, I don't no, want to no. see that. The did you notice, though? Enough. Yeah, just before that, before Toki makes an appearance, did you notice there's one shot as the snake is almost at Lewis, you can see the reflection of the pane of glass that's between the actor and the snake. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, just near his head and shoulders, you can just see the oh. shimmer of glass, just like they did another, with um, yeah, Russia with Love. Uh, yeah, and Raiders Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah, you can see the the, the glass well, shot there as you well. You can't anymore because the version on streaming, they've removed it. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. okay. That's right. Um, and that's when Eric says, cut Lewis free. Carly is displeased. Yeah. And Lewis rushes back to tell all. Um, and uh, he, he says, I saw the potter there. The potter was in that group. There must be thousands in the city. So yeah. they go, all right, we'll go out and find the potter. And the potter's there. And he's just like, no, I wasn't there. Um, and actually, this isn't a brand. I just burnt myself. Why not just take them to the temple? Yeah. Yeah. He's run back from the temple. Just take a a platoon of men to that temple. I mean, even if no one's there, you could knock over the Kali statue. Yeah, it, it, it's very um, it's very contrived that the English won't believe him. Yeah. Um, but they will believe the potter that up till now they've held in contempt. Yeah. Because he's Indian. <laughs> it's quite shocking what happens next because oh, we, yeah. we, we go yeah. back to Eric and he's fi yeah. finishing the initiation of the three, including, you know, Gopali, um, and they're to strangle the two bandits, yeah. Amram Daz, and Gopali's yep. given the job of killing his own brother. His own brother. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite grim and it does it sort of, mm, okay, I was laughing at this film and now it's not so laughable. Because um, not only does he strangle him to death, he's then ordered to gut him as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, which he they, does. They, they say to gut them so that to let the spirits out or something in it, or so oh, their graves so, so, won't yeah, be so found. Yeah, so their graves won't explode, and and it, yeah, it's quite. You don't see anything, but it is quite a shocking sequence, um, especially because, like I say, he looks like he should be singing surf songs on a beach. Yeah, you know, next to a bikini-clad <laughs> lady. Um, yeah, quite quite grisly without being gruesome. Yeah. We now find out what all this training is for is because Patel Shari has organised one huge caravan. Yes. Saying no one would dare attack one as large as that. So yeah, off he, they go into the quarry. He's played them, hasn't he? He's played the East India by saying there's safety in numbers, but what he wants to do is be a bit more <laughs> a bit more efficient in the strangling. He's going to get all of them strangled. Yeah. And the treacherous Captain Silver tells him that when yeah. the caravan vanishes, the company will listen to Lewis. So Lewis has to die. But to make it not look like it's a thuggy thing, you've got to rob his house. And just uh, yeah. uh, for um, safety's sake, his neighbours as well. So that's what they try doing. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the assumption is that... Uh, if he if he's not strangled in a thuggy manner, they won't connect his death <laughs> with what he's investigating. Yeah, and it fails because Lewis survives, yeah. but Sydney is killed, um, and uh, Lewis 
uh, wants to know what the plan was, so he goes back to beat the truth out of the potter, but everyone's yeah. gone, and that's when Colonel yeah. Anderson tells him, oh, it's because the caravan's on its way. Yeah. And yet you get the feeling they only really, they're only really interested now because an Englishman's died, isn't it? Yeah, they? yeah. So off he rides with Silver um, yeah. um, to catch them up. That's a lot of fast riding to catch them up as soon as they left the night before. And uh, But the, the caravan stopped because... Uh, Gopoli has arrived. He's doing his acting bit that you know Eric yeah. taught him what to do, um, and uh, I love the way then when they make camp for the night. This is meant to be a huge caravan. You've got what two camels yeah. and maybe five tents. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Also, they don't appear to uh, to put their their camp in any sort of defensive position. In. No. No. It, it looks it looks like a, a school group of camped out. In a in a forest, in they're a just lying out there. There are yeah. tigers in those yeah. quarries, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thuggies arrive in silence, yep. don't they? And then start strangling yeah. them all. It's quite by a one. nice, again, and quite a nice gruesome scene. They're literally just killing everyone. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of deaths in this. Yeah, that's when Smith comes out of his tent and yep. looks around, and uh, great heaven, he goes um, and realizes there's only four of them left. Yeah, I do like when he, he just starts shaking all the corpses, doesn't he? Like, wake, wake up! up wake you. up, yes. Yeah. But that's when all the chanting starts in the trees yeah. and out come the thuggies. And uh, I don't know if he's alive or not, but he's dragged by horse to the shadow graves that they've yeah. been dug. I imagine he's dead. Yeah, Roger gives the nod to have him stabbed, though. I guess that's yeah. the same thing, stop them, the, the graves being discovered. Yeah. Um, Bury him deep, you <coughs> lazy bastards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know or, why... Or, it's India. They generally burn corpses. Just burn them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure why when Lewis and Silver arrive where the camp was and Lewis goes, they've stopped here. They didn't go any further. The tracks yeah. then go off into the jungle. Silver Captain decides. Obvious, yeah. yeah. Silver decides to take his jacket off, thereby yeah. revealing his brand. Yeah, I don't know why he does that, other than the plot needs it. I like the way Lewis just sh- shoots him point blank. Yeah. <laughs> no talk, no nothing. Yeah. No, yeah. So much for a fair trial. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, to be fair, we probably all would have. But yeah, they don't even, they don't even try and get any information out of him, do they? Or... No. Um, he goes off, he gets to the temple. So it's, it's yeah. not that far to get back, is it? Um... I mean, all of this, all of these things are in walking <laughs> distance of a couple of minutes. Yeah. And yeah, he's watching. Uh, That's when Eric is offering Carly a gift, the greatest gift of all human flesh. And the three bodies are brought out. And that's when, you know, Lewis spots Ramdaz's body and just instinctively just shoots um, and then gets caught. Um, So the bodies are put on the pyre and, um, you know, Lewis is going to be chucked on it. That's yep. when Gopoli sees Lewis's medallion, medallion yep. and decides he's going to turn into a good guy. Not yep. when Even his brother's though, right in front of him. Yeah, you you happily killed and stabbed your brother, but because an Englishman has got your brother's medallion, he turn, turns tail, uh, turns sides, and it's like, uh, what? Uh, okay. Yeah. And he, yeah, it it's like, uh, um, you know, when I say act. <laughs> And they uh, they attack the thuggies, don't they? Yeah, and I like the way he throws Eric on the fire. <laughs> well, Eric Eric conveniently turns into a dummy. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, a very lightweight dummy. Yeah, he throw, throws him on the fire, um, which again is a quite a, a gruesome end, really. 
I was when they when they lit that fire. I thought that's very close to your Carly statue. Mm. You would perhaps want a bit of room. I wonder but... where that that Carly statue can't exist. Still. No, it's okay. probably only polystyrene. Where yeah, it's imagine. nice though. I like that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it nice and good. grim. Um, so yeah, um, Lewis runs back to Henderson, which yep. scares having a dinner Patel. Party, yeah, Patel's like, oh shit, yeah. as Lewis <laughs> comes running through the door, and Gopalee spills the beans. Yeah. And uh, and says, you know, that one of them. And uh, Patel stabs Roger. Yeah, Roger comes in. And before he can say anything, Patel stabs him. Um, I don't know whether he was open to silence him or that they would go, oh, he's a, he actually is a good guy. But they don't buy it, do they? It's like, uh, nah, we're, we're still going to dob you in. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's where it's like, one of what then, Patel? You know? Yeah. And we don't actually find out what happens no, to him. No, we, we cut back and... Uh, Henderson um, promotes because he didn't actually accept his resignation or put it in. Mm. Um, so he promotes Lewis. He hugs his wife, and it, it, there's this weird feeling of, "Phew, everything's back to normal. Let's go and uh, subjugate some more natives." Yeah. It was, it's a very strange ending. Sudden yeah. as well. It's like, oh, oh, it's over. We've got an ending caption at the end saying yeah. about you know about a thousand thuggies were tried and convicted yeah. of murder. Blah blah blah, and uh, and that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah, a very very curious little film. Mm. Um, I thought I enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I was expecting, and it's not particularly exciting. There's there's no real. There's a couple of really good scenes, like when they're when they're coming out the uh, the jungle to attack the camp, um, and there's only the four of them left, and it's it's so like, oh that's good. Um, there, you know, there's a a couple of gruesome sort of scenes in it. You don't see anything, but the, you know, the tone is good, but it's surrounded by so much, you know, two people talking scenes. Yeah. Um, it needed a bigger budget, I think, to do the story justice. I think it does help that it's in black and white. Hundred percent. Yeah. If Definitely. this was in color, it would, it it would feel like Carry On Up the Kyber. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it from being black. Yeah, it would have made it even more obvious that you're in an English quarry yeah. if yes. you saw that in yeah. colour as well. And I, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I haven't watched it for a very, very long time, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased it's not as racist as I no, thought it I would was, be. I was expecting a lot of ain't enough upmum accents and browned up BBC extras and. But it's not. It's not really. I think they've done, given the time and the budget available, they've done the best they can to, to represent India fairly. Yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Um, but it, it it it's good because it's filled in a little bit of your hammer knowledge. Yeah. Hasn't it? You know. Um, also, I mean, you know, our, our subject today, Eric the High Priest. Yeah. Not Eric the Half B. Um, can you imagine? I mean, I, I'm glad they used George Pastel because he, he's a Cypriot, isn't he? Yeah. Um, can you imagine if they'd use Michael Ripper, browned up? Oh God, yeah. With an accent, that would have been even worse. That would have yeah. been terrible, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, old oh, George, then Eric Klieg. We keep saying it. That's what we know him from, don't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he is. He is uh, to me. It would be forever, Eric Klieg. Um, no matter what he does. I've not seen him in that many things. He hasn't been in an awful lot. And I'll tell you what, he stopped acting in 1969. 
the last thing he did was an episode of Department S and then moved off to America to work in the music business. Well, um, And he has a hammer time of five. So we're going to be encountering him again four more times, right? The first thing he did was before Stranglers of Bombay in The Mummy. He was Mehmet Bay in The Mummy. Oh, right. Okay. Did you not know that? I probably did, but how I long ago seen the since mummy. you saw the oh, mummy? It's, <laughs> it's a long time. It's one I, I don't actually own it because the the Blu-ray is quite a stupidly pricey. Oh, is it? Thing? Yeah. It's. It, I don't know if it was a limited run or something like that. Oh, I'm glad but, I got it when I got it then. Yeah, w- w- worth hanging on to. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, so yeah, the mummy where he played Mehmet Bay, Stranglers of Bombay. Then he's in Maniac, one of the Hammer thrillers. Then he's back in a mummy film, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, where he played Hashmi Bay. Yeah. And then he's, well, his voice is in She. He's the uncredited voice of Hamud in She. All right? Okay. So that's five, a hammer time of five. That's not bad. That's all right. Um, So, all right then, Uh, this, um, you know, topless George Pastel with three markings on his forehead yeah what do you reckon of that for a design uh i think it works i think it works quite well it, like i say it's very much uh reminded me of uh mola ram yeah um he he like i say if he was an obvious white actor browned up i don't think it would look anywhere near the score is going to be yeah. far lower than whatever yes. we come up with isn't yeah. it but I, I quite like him. He was definitely a central point of the film. You, you didn't forget him. Um, he, he put a bit of effort into it. Um, he looks looks quite good. So I'm going to give him a six. Okay, I gave him a seven. Yep. So that's six and a half for design and how effective is old Eric? Um, he's, he, because everyone else in the film is is pretty bland, even the you know the usually very dependable Roger Delgado. No one seems to be. They say, well, everyone seems to be underplaying it slightly. And because Eric, I won't say overplays it, but he plays it to the right level, he stands out as memorable. So I think he works very well as a villain. Um, he turns into a dummy at the end. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to give him a uh, an eight, I think. That's what I've given him. Yep. Okay, that's, that's good. Fair. That's all right. Okay, so that gives him a <laughs> final tally of 7.25. 7.25, oh, yes. All right. that's okay, that's fair. But he's in a caravan by himself. Right. That's good, oh, we've been talking about caravans all, all along. And we have, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a different type of caravan, It's isn't a smaller it? caravan than they had. Well, yeah, they're not much smaller. No, the nearest, uh, he's in caravan 7.25, the nearest caravan that's nearest to him is 7, right. where you've got Mia Kala from Lust for a Vampire. Oh, right, oh dear. Yeah. So if he like wants that. to, um, um, you know, Go for a Borrow natter anyway. Sugar, yeah. Borrow some sugar. Sacred sugar. We've missed out that there's sacred sugar that yeah. you eat in this he, film. He might go to her and see if he can borrow some cauliflower. Cauliflower. Oh, bloody cauliflower. hell. That was poor. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. We have this new thing, time and a place. So uh, yeah. we think it's round about Bombay. Um, yep. And, yeah, if it's based on true events and the thuggy cult was starting to be wiped out in 1835, we'll say 1835, all right? Which, in our timeline, assuming that everything happens in Hammer Films in the same universe, is five years after the events of Lust for a Vampire. Because that was set in 1830 Austria, all right? 
So we know where it is. We know when it is. We know where it matches. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, with this show, we keep put, putting films on our top 10 list until we reach 10 and then films yes. drop off as new ones come in. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is going at the bottom of your list. Going at the bottom, yeah. I can't see it staying on, to be honest. No. Um, it's too slight. It, yeah, it's very, very forgettable. Film, yeah, I'm really. doing the same. So we've yeah. voted for five films then, and it's at the bottom. At the bottom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange little film in that, as I say, you you haven't got any of our regulars. So um, no, it, doesn't it doesn't feel, feel like, like a hammer. No, no. It feel, very much feels like a 1940s pot boiler type film to me. Yes. Um, yeah. Not. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Hammer. If I if I'd have caught this without catching the titles, I wouldn't have thought it was Hammer. No, no. All right, uh, we're almost done. Um, but before, because you've got to announce the next yep. subject, haven't you? Before you, you announce that, um, we haven't done one of these on our shows for ages. But uh, we've got a uh, a little bit of feedback. Oh, a shout out. Like a it. shout out. Yes, to um um iTunes, which we haven't had a review on any of our shows on iTunes for ages. Um, listener, if you if you listen to our show via iTunes, if you could leave a, a rating and a review, that would be really good because what that does is that bumps us up the list. If anyone types in Hammer Films or Hammer Horror or anything like that, um, we're further up the list. And, and by doing that, we'll get more uh, listeners, which can always be a good thing. So, so yeah, th- thank you to MW Bear 72 who gave us a five-star rating. Oh, thank you, uh, MW Bear. Uh, yeah, and he says, another great show from Eric and Ian, and, and then there's a thumbs up. So thank you very much, Mr. Bear. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, over to you then, Ian. Where are uh, well, we going? What are we talking next time? You're going to get this straight away. So, my choice is elementary. Dear Watson. Yeah. We're back to Cushing and Lee again then. Cushing and Lee, yeah. Uh, the Hound of the Basket Cases. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, why I'm, have you chosen yeah. this? Is it because you're a massive Sherlock Holmes fan I, anyway? I'm a big Sherlock Holmes fan. I haven't seen it in a long time, um, but I've now got the Blu-ray, so I'm going to sit and watch that. I remember it as being horribly inaccurate compared to the original, but that might be a good thing because the the original story has never been filmed accurately, um, and I I seem to re- I seem to remember it. It was a prestige one, wasn't it? That mm. they did. So yeah. I think it'll at least look good. Okay. Um, and it's again we're trying to ring the changes in in sort of genres so this is although it's billed as a horror film I don't think it is so we're going on to detective fiction yes yes um i tell you what i mean um up until now this this show comes out every two weeks it it alternates with our jerry anderson show but we've got a little bit of a break now haven't we because you're off on your holidays so it's going to be longer than two weeks before the next episode is out and i think i'm going to use that opportunity before i watch it and make my notes to read the book so it's fresh in my mind um before then watching it so i it's fresh in my mind just just what liberties they took and what they cut out. Yeah, I because it's quite a short film. I seem to remember, mm-hmm. um, and I got a feeling it very, it starts off okay, but then suddenly you go, oh no, this is this they've gone off in their own sort of direction. Um, but we also, I think it'll be the first time we've got a, a, a 
I won't say heroic, but a sympathetic Christopher Lee. Yes, yeah. A non-villain Christopher Lee. I haven't watched the Hammer version for a long time. I think this might be, it could well be, this is the first time on our show we encounter Mr. Ripper. I think Mr. Ripper's in it, is he not? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yep, so that'll be good. All right. Yeah, so I think we'll have a a bit to talk about. Yeah. Okay, excellent. All right. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be more than two weeks, folks. Yes, so, um, yeah, bear with us. Just bear with us. Ian's got to take a break from me, uh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going on holiday. Too much hammer excitement. Yeah, too much ham in that hammer. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay, thanks, listener. Thank you, Mr. Yep, Bear, you over much. on iTunes. And thank you, Ian. And no problem. See you out on the moors. <laughs> thanks, Ian. All right, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.